Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast, where we interview female founders from all around the world about their pivoting moments of their rising to success and how they redefine their success. And they're going to be sharing with you today and every time and every episode their exact secrets on their success and also related to all the things that they've overcome in getting there. So this A to Z, the secrets in how you can start to apply these immediately in your life. And today we're with Jill and Mary of Girls Mentorship, and they are confidence coaches for girls, and they're completely obsessed with raising and cultivating the next generation of female leaders with their self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-worth. And I'll hand it over to them to intro themselves a little bit more. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for having us. Oh, we, we can listen to someone else introduce us all the time. We'll never get old. Hi, thanks for having us. We're super excited. Hi, everyone who's tuning in, listening in, catching the recording, wherever you are. Um, I'm Jill. This is Mary. Hi. And we own a little company called Girls Mentorship. Um, and just like Allison said, we're obsessed with helping the girls that we once were as teen or tweens um, find their self-confidence, find their self-worth, and know how to use that in order to be the most powerful version of themselves growing up. So we teach uh, life and personal development skills to help girls grow in their confidence. And we always say that we wish we had someone like us when we were tweens and teens, especially now during a pandemic and social media, like as much um, as things have changed uh, for us growing into our adulthood, uh, the problems and the challenges and the pressures that girls experience are still the same. They just have a new face now. Yeah, they so do. That's mm -hmm. what that's exactly what we do and who we are for this world. I complete I love it. And what's led you to this work that you're doing in the world? If you could expand a little bit, both of you on some of the challenges that you overcame as tweens or teens, and then how did you, first of all, what were they? How did you overcome them? And then what benefit did that give you? Of course, part of the benefit of being able to turn around and now turn that into these life lessons to bring these girls and cultivate all the self-awareness in them. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think where we really started, I mean, you could go all the way back to when we were eight, nine, 10. And the in things, 1997. <laughs> and the things that were going on in our family, um, Jill and I both come from broken families. So divorced households, uh, domestic violence was a part of that. So I feel like um, we grew up scrappy. We grew up needing to um, know the next move before the next move happened. Um, and based on those skills, by the time we got into our 20s and we started um, looking for careers after we both got through college, um, we started really pouring back into ourselves. And for me, I know that was a thing where I never did that during my upbringing. That wasn't something I was familiar with. Um, the self-help section was like, I don't need help. I'm fine. It wasn't <laughs> viewed as personal development. So by the time we got, both of us got into about our mid-20s, we started really diving into personal development. And that was based on a job that I was working um, and a, a job that Jill was working to where the companies really poured back into us, which was new. Mm -hmm. So we 
grabbed onto that concept and just ran like hell with it. And the question between us, since we were friends before that popped up several times, what would we have done with this information when we were backed into a corner, when we were 15, 16, when we were making decisions that weren't healthy, you know, lying about things, stealing, cheating, all the things that we did that were, um, like I said, unhealthy back in the day, what would these tools have done for us as those girls? And that question really just, we took it and expanded on it. And we've created um, a mentorship company to be able to be those those stands for girls who are facing the same things that we did when we were facing them. Um, and not only their girls, but their families. The more that we're uh, working with girls, the more we're realizing how important it is to involve everyone who's a part of the girls' lives. So we say, um, any of like we work with anyone who loves these girls, whether that's caretakers, parents, step-parents, you name it, we're, um, to be able to raise the next generation of female leaders, it can't just be on the girl. It needs to, um, you know, the, the family involved um, has to be committed for everyone, for themselves, in order to support whatever goals that she's going through if she's working with us. So we like to say there needs to be harmony in the home and harmony starts with yourself. So we're also learning a lot that families um, don't have these tools either. Mm -hmm. So it's been really fun to see changes and transformation with the girls and, um, and to see them progress in their confidence and to come back and share really amazing stories with us. But what's also cool is for the families to also see little shifts in their behaviors and um, conversations and conversations and have well, new skills to um, to make their their family um, yeah harmony to have it harmonious I should say yeah to harmonize it harmonize yeah. more harmonious and this kind of like you said about the harmony and the peace, it starts with first ourselves and then releasing or something I was just talking about with, with one of my clients and, and someone she's, I'm also somewhat her client. And we were talking about how something doesn't quite feel right or doesn't feel within alignment or peaceful, how it's hard, it's hard to release that. It's hard to let go of it, especially if it was a pattern or something that you don't have control of, that you were taught. So many different variations, like these girls may, or even speaking for myself of seeing certain patterns displayed to me. And I'm so used to those. I'm so used to the, I mean, for myself, for example, of seeing a lot of struggle or suffering and then even saying, okay, well, love is this. And it's actually maybe not that, but worse. And then how do we, we have to first see that pattern, then be able to release it. And anything that comes into our existence, that's not quite with that new belief to be able to say, okay, well, I'm, you know, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to, judge you or say mean things to you. I'm just going to let you know, like, that's not, that's not quite how I roll. And yeah, I'm going to release this with peace. 
Absolutely. And with love. Um, with love. I mean, that's a huge thing we teach our girls mm. is to be able to stand up for themselves and voice how they're feeling mm-hmm. um, in a way that is a win-win for both parties. So if it doesn't feel right for one, it's probably at the end of the day, not going to feel right for the other person either. So that's not a win-win situation. You know, I think we get so um, caught up in saying, no, that's not for me because we're so worried about what the other person's going to think or how the other person's going to react. When if you get into a situation that you're not wanting to be in, your body language is going to show it, your effort is going to show it, and it doesn't wind up being a win for the other person at the end of the day either. So a big point that we try to teach our girls is just that and utilizing their voice to share with others how they're feeling or what they're thinking about the situation. Yes, and then like releasing what the other person might think if it's not the outcome or not. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. As much as we, as much as we're striving for harmony in the home, sometimes um, the girls have so much expectation on their parents to change Mm -hmm. and it's not on them to change them. It's not the girl's job to Mm -hmm. change their parents. So there might be some conflict where they don't see eye to eye and that's okay. It's like your mom is who she is and she will go through her own journey just like you are. And that's where that peace and release and letting go comes into play. True. And then guiding them, how do you actually handle the conflict? Apps. Oh, that's the big one. Yeah, that's a huge (laughs) one. It is. We We talk a lot about that and girls make up a lot of stories and Mm -hmm. they believe them to be true and a lot of assumptions that they believe to be true and just talking through what that looks like and what that means um, for them to be like, oh my gosh, I do believe all those things that I'm making up um, that aren't actually facts we do a lot of work around story versus facts um, because it needs to be black and white for girls to know the truth versus um, whatever they're making up in their own mind. Um, And I love that and see the world. And also for them to take accountability for how they're feeling as opposed to shifting the blame or putting the blame on their parents or outside forces or well my teacher didn't tell me my teacher that's why I turned that in late it's like well what maybe you feel like that right now you feel blindsided or you you can own that like I feel blindsided because I wasn't keeping up with my schoolwork and then all of a sudden I see this and now I'm stressed out and feel anxious but maybe I could have looked at it before. Maybe I could put it on my planner to look at it two weeks prior or every so often or every Thursday, or I can email teachers or, and that, that also reminded me of a story I was telling my daughter the other day and guiding her, like what we're we're talking about right now and letting go of what other people might think or what the like the outcome might not be what you think the outcome is going to be when you have a voice so like I have I feel like a lot of acquaintances in high school and some of them texted me and they're like hey we're gonna we can come pick you up in a few minutes because we're all just hanging out and having a good time and the music was loud and they were I didn't know where we were gonna go it sounds like fun I'm like okay sure come pick me up 
So one of the guys was driving a, a cool sports car, super fast. They think it was probably a bright color, and I just felt so cool. And they get out and they like, you know, have to pull the seat forward because there's oh, barely yeah. any space in the back. I just felt so cool, like I said. And I get in the back and I'm have my seatbelt on and I'm kind of crunched in. And he peels out and I can tell that the people in the front seat, they're laughing like crazy. And I could tell that maybe they had been drinking. Mm. And I immediately felt unsafe. Mm. And I'm sure my body language was kind of tense. And I said, have you guys been drinking? He, 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 right? Like, not really assertively. And they were like, oh, yeah, like, we can go get some more and, like, we'll stop and we'll have some more or something like that. And the music was really loud. And I said, well, maybe in a minute when you get a chance to stop, can you just drop me off? And I'll just text someone to, like, come pick me up. Because I'm just not, I'm not, like, feeling this. Like, no hate. Like, Mm -hmm. I, we're all having fun here. And I usually have a lot of fun with you guys. I just, just, can you just do that, please? And no sweat. They were like, oh yeah, sure. And they kind of laughed. They were like, oh, you're a party pooper. They were kind of teasing me, but they stopped and dropped me off. I texted my mom and she came to pick me up. And I kid you not, everybody, I don't think anybody remembered the next day at school. Right. Right. So we make up a <laughs> story, but 100%. But honestly, that's, that's decision-making, right? You, you sat there in your own head and you thought, well, what happens if I stay? What happens if I go? If I stay, I could potentially get in trouble because I shouldn't be drinking. If I stay, we could all potentially get in trouble because what if we get pulled over? And then of course, the last thing that could happen is an accident, Mm -hmm. an accident that's not so great. So we ask our girls to do the same thing, to filter their decision-making through the same filter. It's like Mm -hmm. successful people, we tell them, have a lot of things in common, but a major one is being able to see decisions all the way through. So if Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes to this, what are the consequences? If I'm going to say no, what are the consequences? And being able to play it out that whole way. And you just beautifully described how you did that. And there weren't any consequences. You didn't lose friends. You didn't lose uh, um, privileges. You, You didn't lose your life. Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong had you not said I don't want to be here. I cha- I'm changing my mind. For sure. That was shocking to my daughter. She, she asked me directly, did they give you a hard time the next day? Were they not wanting to come ever pick you up again or hang out with you because you're just so lame? <laughs> no, no, it's all those. Right. And, and honestly, before I said something, I was thinking that through too. Are they going to think I'm lame? Are they going to think this or that? And this a hundred different things popped into my head. But like you said, the, what's, what are going to be the consequences weighed heavier for me in not feeling safe and wanting to feel comfortable and truly be able to relax and have fun? That was more important to me than anything that they might think in the moment about me. Absolutely. We talk a lot about pressure. Like the reason why kids make poor decisions is because they want to blank. They want to fit in. They want to, um, they, they, they want, they they don't want to miss out. They don't want to miss out. They feel different, but they want to be a part of a popular crowd. Um, there's so many, there's so many reasons 
that kids feel pressure. And the more that we can teach girls and children um, their values and what's important to them. So that's the filter that they run those decisions through. Like for some reason you said no, because something mattered to you that was greater than that decision. And anything else, like the way that your friends thought of you, talked about you, it doesn't matter, was, was less than that, like that ultimate value that you made that decision from weighed much, much greater than you saying yes and putting yourself in a, in an unhealthy choice or situation. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm always telling my daughter, I'll always come pick you up. If you ever yeah. feel uncomfortable, walk out, stand on the street, like call me and it doesn't matter how far I have to drive. I'll be there. Yep. And I definitely always felt that with my, my mom or my dad too, that I could call them and they wouldn't judge me. <laughs> Or that, that's another important point. It's like, how do you co-create a life with your children rather than, yes, you want to be mom. You want to be dad. Um, I think there's a fine line between acting as friends, but still remaining that parent, that person who's in charge. But how do you have them come to you openly and honestly with scenarios, situations, dilemmas to where they can openly communicate with you and not feel like they're going to get in trouble, not feel like they're going to get judged, but you can co-create what's going on in the household. So you know, to your core that they're going out and making the best possible decisions for them because you guys have been in open communication about it. I completely agree. And I hear some parents are like, I never did that. I never tried any of those. And th sometimes those are the wildest people. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> those are the ones for sure. And it's, and even if you have that really open dialogue with your kids, they're still going to want to hide things from you. They want to make your kids want to make you proud. So mm -hmm. plotting we always like to say like plot people in your kids' lives. So if they don't feel comfortable calling me, they can call, they can call our friends, Joe and Susan. They can call Aunt Mary, your mentors, whatever it is, you can't just rely on you and your partner or your spouse or your ex, whomever, um, to, to raise your, your kiddos. It's a community. And the more that kids feel love seen um and feel like they have a space to go to no matter what uh the more honest that they'll be whether it's with you or someone else and eventually it'll always come back to you but it might <laughs> yeah. not you, it might not be you right away but the fact is you'd rather have a responsible adult um teaching your child um the hard stuff versus their friends teaching them I, I completely agree. And another thing I wanted to point out that we, that we were talking about a few minutes ago is how cultivating those values and the self-awareness and the self-confidence and self-worth, it's almost as if, well, so my experience that I had with getting out of the car, I felt it was, I was even stronger. Heck yes. Moving forward. Yes. It's like I'm a new muscle. 
right? Yes. And we, we say that all the time. You have to, you have to work that muscle in order for that muscle to be stronger, right? Mm -hmm. We love telling our girls that the more experience they can build off of, the more they'll be able to look back and say, I did that that one time, I can absolutely do it again. So it's about the experience for them to be able to prove it to themselves makes you stronger tenfold. So I love that you said that. Yes. And I would love to hear some of your experiences too that you draw on in when you flex that muscle or how you learn to then tell these girls how to flex that muscle. Honestly, it comes from Mary and I, the, the two of us, our combined experiences, we've done it all. There's nothing that these girls can say, do to offend us, um, surprise us, nothing nothing because of, of our, of our journey of how we've experienced life and our experiences and the lying and the honesty. And then it was like, for a long time, we didn't know who we were. Mm -hmm. So when we started to invest in ourselves to really uncover who are we at like the at our, at our soul level, at our, in our DNA, in our cells, like, who are we? The more we got to then look back and be like, whoa, that experience for me, you know, like my parents getting divorced, for example, um, I had no idea that that would have tainted any relationship that I would have had from 18 to 22 Mm. for about four to five years Um, I had no idea that I was self-sabotaging every relationship because of a past experience. Um, I always thought the boys were, I was like, why? Like, I'm a catch and um, I can't believe they broke up with me. Like, I'm too good for them. When really, um, they were probably running for the hills because I was a psychopath because I had daddy issues that I wasn't complete on. And if someone didn't hold up that mirror for me, for me to really reflect and do the inner work, I don't know where I'd be today having two kids and a healthy marriage of 10 years. So all of that to say our experiences and we, we have contrast. We know what it's like to not invest in ourselves and do the inner work to build the muscle that we were just talking about. And we also know what it feels like to be just operating like, well, chaotic, you know, I guess this is just life. Life is happening to me, not for me and poor me. And I'm the victim and blah, you know, it's like a lot of people are in that mindset. We know now standing in front of you today, like we know what And that's why we're so passionate about it. Like we know what it feels like to be on both ends of the spectrum and why we want to teach girls these simple tools. They're simple, but you have to to practice Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. or it is going to, you know, five years will go by and you're like, whoa, was I the psycho girlfriend or, you know, was it? Was it something that I just didn't want to, to face or to look at? Yeah, so why did I choose this? Absolutely. Yeah, like, um, 
Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's what we get to stand on. We get to stand in a place of we know what these girls are going through, and we also get to stand in a different way to say, "Hey, this doesn't define you, and this does not have to be who you grow into." Yes, at any age. Yeah, yeah. Any not age. just for teens and mm-hmm. tweens. Because we hear a lot of the girls be like, "I'm, I have anxiety, and I guess that's just how I have to live." We're like, of course, like anxiety is a part of all of us, but there are tools to help you deal with it so that you're, you're, you are in control, not your anxiety controls you. And just for like, have to be able to maybe challenge a thought that they have thought for 15 years. And it's been reinforced by family, friends, teachers. I mean, that's something Jill and I both experienced, right? We're chatty Cathy's yeah. so in school. It was always, you talk too much, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. So of course that builds the belief in us that we should quiet down or quiet who we are. Mm-hmm. When in reality, our ability to strike up conversation with people whenever, wherever, in any situation is a great leadership skill. It's great for facilitating conversation with a group of people running um, events, workshops. If somebody would have said that or phrased our quality to speak well in that way, as opposed to chastising it in us, then it wouldn't have taken us as much work, as much mirror holding um, to figure that out later in life. Because at 33 years old, I still find myself going, you're talking too much. You're doing this too much Mm -hmm. based on something one of my teachers told me in seventh grade. Wow. I definitely relate to that. I, I was told that every year too. That was just, yeah. my parents were so used to seeing that on my report card. They're like, Oh, <laughs> it's there yeah. again. Yeah. And I got, I would know the principals personally because I was always getting oh, in their office every day. Again. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Trying to convince them. I usually was able to convince them out of giving me any kind of punishment <laughs> somehow <laughs> you're good at talking what can we say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> making deals <laughs> yeah and then my parents would never know that I that I was even there because somehow right. we made a deal that's funny. <laughs> Let's make a deal. And now look, we're all entrepreneurs making <laughs> deals, striking up conversation. Like the, the, the amount of um, service we've been able to provide other people as well as ourselves coming from those qualities that we were told once were so wrong is, is beautiful in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. Like being, because we have to make our own schedules and our kind of our own rules and be great leaders. I remember, I think I was in third grade and I didn't agree with one of the rules that the teacher said. And I questioned her in front of the class and she said, that's just how they've always been. And I said, well, I'm not going to follow that rule. And I had to talk to the principal. I got sent to the principal that day. And I told him too, I'm not going to follow that rule. I don't remember what it was about. And I didn't agree with it. He said, that's just her rules. So I took a piece of paper and I started walking around school and every break period the next day and putting the paper up against the wall so people could sign like a petition against her rule and then at the end of the day I walked into the main office and asked to speak to the principal again and showed him all the signatures (laughs) (laughs) 
have no idea how I was just emboldened with this passion from a young age. And then he called the teacher in again, and we had a a three-way meeting, and she changed that rule for only my class period. Hey, which could have led to bigger change down the road. You don't know what that started, but just the fact that you did feel so passionate about change needing to happen, it just goes to show you how one spark can light a whole entire fire for change. And I think that's, that so beautifully sums up what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. with girls mentorship. If one girl can Mm -hmm. find her voice, how many friends does she have that she can go on and impact and influence in that same way? For girls to be able to go on and have healthy relationships, to ask for a raise in their corporate job, to not feel like they need to quiet their voice when situations really matter. I completely agree, for sure. And that they, I mean, from my experience, they could rely on me to kind of be the voice of the class. Yeah. It brought a new responsibility. And then the teacher also knew if I was having a kind of a collaborative voice in a that she needed to listen yeah (laughs) and for her to be able to co-create things with you then to utilize you because you had a connection to your fellow classmates so pulling you aside and saying hey let's talk about what we can do to enroll people in this vision or you know do this on this side of spring break like there's so much that we could learn from working together as opposed to working apart from one another. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. how do we do that in more areas of our life? How do we see people as collaborators versus competitors? That's true. Uh, Or like just authority figures. Cause I, my daughter, she's about to go into high school um, when we're recording this, which says she's been in middle school the past three years and having her to understand your teachers or the principal, any of the administration, they're just people. And at any time, even if they tell you not to, you need to just go and ask them a question if you have a question. Absolutely. Go sit down, not a good time. Don't give up. Just keep, well, that's too, I don't know. I don't want to be like pushy. I don't want to be this. All these kind of stereotypes that were Mm -hmm. pushed on as women. And if they don't answer you within a certain amount of times and you can tell me that you've tried to talk to them, you tried to email them, then I have your back. Then they're going to have to deal with me really asking them in a much different way. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I can tell that you've taken accountability and you've done everything you can on your side. And I also have to see that, that you've done all of that. That right? you've put or, in the effort. Right? you put in the effort and you really care about it. And for me to feel the trust to fully step in and I can say that she tried to talk to you about this this many times and you you know turned her away or made her go sit down and I definitely I definitely think that that's important for girls to realize that they're not necessarily an authority they are they're just people or any in any role or a boss when they get older and someone asks them to stay after hours or go have drinks and they don't feel comfortable, they yes. need to pick up for themselves. Well, stick up for I themselves. Think, I think about it too. I, and honestly, being in the world of girls, tween and teen, we've changed our perspective on how capable and able they truly are. Mm-hmm. I feel when you love a teacher or you love 
um, someone who you, who's an adult that you inspire to be or that you admire, it's because you're heard, you're seen, and you're not looked down um, to. So the more that we can um, open up our mindset to these younger thought leaders um, who are going to be running our country one day, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I like incredible conversations, incredible um, like, I just think of that, that example of that teacher, like for her to be challenged by a student and for her to finally like Let loosen go. up her grip just a little bit might then have then taught her like, where else do I need to do that? Mm. Because it's not about, you know, you know, being an authority. Yes. You have to respect and learn and there's rules and da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, um, we all are people, like you said, and it makes me laugh. Like we, we learn to, you know, obey. Um, we learn to obey our, you know, our teachers and our parents and whatever. And then at some point, like when we get into um, like the age where we want to be in partnerships, like I, I've always found it weird. Like when someone who's 50 is now married to a 24 year old, I'm like, huh, so at some point though, it, you know, like it just, it, uh, it's, it's funny how it just flip-flops. Like you turn a certain age and then now you become official. Like we'll listen to you. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, I'm not saying that a teacher needs to date a student. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if we can open, open ourselves up to how capable teens are and young adults, um, more, more possibilities can happen for all of us. Yes. In, in a way they can, I'm a big believer. I was involved in education for a long time before my business now and helping educators to have more of a, a reverse classroom experience yeah. and related with technology of how they could give the power back to the students and even like have committees within yeah. each class like a president or vice president of the class and a secretary someone that takes role and that in itself is almost running the classroom with them being more of a facilitator and co-creating like you said yeah. and and they used to bring me in in another life, it feels like so long ago, and to tell them about new technologies and how to create that kind of experience. And that they would, you know, some of the students, they would be doing most of the disciplining. They would be running and essentially running the classroom and doing their work and the teachers there to guide. And I kind of feel like that with parenting too. It's more than I'm here to guide as opposed to being always authoritarian. Authoritarian, yeah, there's mm -hmm. a time and a place for that. Um, but yeah, having that, um, having that relationship where your daughter can come to you and know she can come to you, um, that's what you look for as a parent. It's like, I just want you to be able to say anything and know that you're loved regardless. Mary mm -hmm. and I always say, Everything is figure outable and everything, everything is fixable. Is fixable. <laughs> no matter okay. what. Yes. I know we're coming up on time and 
I almost feel like we need to do a part two, honestly. There's just so much here. There's so much here to unpack because yeah, all of the things that you're doing and the mentorship, if these are not learned in the tweendom or teen, when they're a teen, they, they need to be learned and unpacked at some point. And there's so many adults, women, adult women walking around that have not started this kind of self-awareness journey or the very little self-confidence or feeling little self-worth and everything my point is everything we're talking about or to talk about in part two is related is relatable to women and a reminder even things that they need to also focus on in their own life of having their own voice their own boundaries that then flex that muscle of oh my gosh I did that and reverting back to that experience, I left, I worked something out with a, with a marriage and now we have a healthier marriage because I spoke up or we went to therapy or I decided to leave or so many things that they can even flex now and come into their own voice in this moment that they probably need a reminder or we all probably we need all do you're we absolutely do. right <laughs> and we always like that's what we always say with our parents too like remember when you were a teenager even if you've never experienced it the way that your daughter's experiencing just like bring yourself back to that place and they're like oh yeah I remember like I made dumb mistakes <laughs> and it's like okay <laughs> just we're humanizing this experience you know um of what we're all going through so yeah I, I love that you said that and yeah, before we hop off, what are, let's say, three tips that you want to leave um, tweens or teens or women as reminders moving forward? And, and most likely there'll be a part two as well, because I feel like there's so much to unpack. Yeah. Um, three tips that we like to teach on um, is um, we, it's intention. So it's I, A, A. So intention, what are, what's your intention for who you want to be? And then how do you, this, the, so that's the I, the A is attention. Then how do you pay attention to your thoughts, to how you see the world, how you listen to yourself and to others, and then your attitude, how do you actually show up um, and align your thoughts, words, behaviors with that intention. Those are the three things. If you can practice that every single day to build that muscle, that's how you can grow and expand in your confidence. I can, I'm going to do that today. I'm implying it to my own life. <laughs> IAA. And it's, it's overarching, but it can be broken down to everything that you do mm -hmm. in your day. Is it doing the dishes? Is it folding the laundry? Is it pitching your boss the big new idea? Like it, it ranges from small things to big things in just how you show up. So notice how you're showing up in this world. Be less on autopilot and you'll find that your results are going to skyrocket from that just in knowing who you are and being the most confident version of yourself hmm. well thank you ladies <laughs> thank you we're looking for part two, part two so thank you yes, thank you you're yeah. welcome yeah i feel i yes so much more to dive into and i'll talk to you really soon awesome thank you mm -hmm. talk to you soon